The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All-Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All-Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletical Physical Therapy and CDW. Thursday, closer to the NFL draft, and welcome into Bears All Access. We're brought to you by IGS Energy with my broadcast partner from News Radio 1059 WBBM, Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak, Copal as well, everybody. Thanks to our producers, Dan Barilli, and score producer, Adam Stadzinski. Former Bears quarterback Jim Miller joins us from SiriusXM NFL Radio coming up in our next segment. Tom, how are we, how are we feeling right now? What, what, are you, what are you already tired of hearing? What are you, what do you wish you were hearing as we enter the. Uh, pre-combine mode and free agency around the corner you know i wish the quarterback class was more impressive i wish there was a bigger number of first round caliber guys out there that were going to be shuffled and juggled somehow like uh, you know a couple years ago when it was trubisky mahomes and deshaun watson and you know you have such a discrepancy in size of the type of quarterback that you want to play in these modern day system and the Alabama guy just doesn't necessarily fit the template of size that you're looking for when you're talking about how physical the game is. So I'm curious, will C.J. Stroud overtake uh, Bryce Young in the path to the draft? Mm, lots to determine that, including free agency. We'll discuss all that with Jim Miller as well. Uh, Justin Fields, I knew it was going to be a topic. You knew it when they started the whole Super Bowl uh, media tour that it was going to be a topic, but, man, it's taken a life on its own. You're not on Twitter, so you don't see it, Tom, but every single day discussion about whether he's good enough, will he be dealt, are the Bears looking to move up, or, excuse me, are the Bears looking to move him so they can get, you know, another quarterback. I mean, it's it's going to it's gonna last this way all the way till April, man. It, do, it, it doesn't matter what social media you're on, what Twitter it's on, because every single nationally exposed sports talk show whether it's on tv or radio it's the same topic nationally there and so i you got such a disagreement between guys who used to be former gms in the league and they're so convicted that the Bears should trade justin fields and then you have other guys that were hired in the same capacity throughout their career uh, such a disagreement with that and justin fields is the direction that the bears need to stay and they need to go and that's the camp that i'm in i'm full steam ahead with luke getsy and justin fields and i think if we're going to see significant development by Justin Fields. It's going to be a second year in the same system, the same terminology with a group of players that he's familiar with and then the rest of the guys they bring aboard. I'm sticking with what I'm talking about, too. I'm more I'm more interested in the line of scrimmage uh, right now and talking about what what is going to – what the off- – and I'm going to stick with that all the way down the line, offense and defensive lines. What are we looking at here, free agency and draft? And, you know, you, know, you better – it's not even you're going to bet. You're going to. You are going to come away with starters on both sides of the ball by way of free agency and the draft that, that are going to be upgrades <clears throat> significantly in some cases. And uh, we'll set the uh, another piece to the foundation of the future, Tom. Right. I mean, you're in a draft position where even if you make a trade, you're still in, you're still in position to make uh, a decade-changing uh, 
positions when you talk about offensive line and specific uh, defensive line specifically. I think there's the type of talent out there that you can go out there and change the competitiveness of both of those elements of the team, make them much better, but try to set a couple of pieces in place that will be here for the next eight to ten years. Uh, there's going to be a lot of discussion, too, about uh, potential deals here with uh, other quarterbacks. Are you paying other quarterbacks out? Well, we'll get into this, too, with Jim on the quarterback thing, but Lamar Jackson is one of the dominoes. Are they going to Are they going to sign him? Are they going to tag him to the point that somebody can put an offer on the table uh, and, and sign him to a uh, uh, an offer sheet uh, that may – uh, lead to a trade of some sort and a big haul for the Ravens. You got the Daniel Jones matter. He's got a new agent. He's looking for a little more dough. You, you look at his numbers and Mitchell Trubisky's numbers uh, over the course of the last uh, three years, four years, and they're very similar. I mean, but uh, one is is being looked upon in a different way, and Mitch is on the trade market potentially. And I mean, this quarterback thing, Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know, man. Lots to talk well, about, for sure. You know, one thing about Daniel Jones, after they got rid of Joe Judge, they brought in a new coaching staff. That's when Daniel Jones has flourished. Yeah. And with Trubisky, no matter where he's been, he hasn't had that year where he's flourished. And they thought maybe this was a good, it was going to be this year with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the reason that they're talking about Daniel Jones and possibly franchising or signing him to a long-term deal, long-term deal is because of his – development in the short term with a new coaching staff and now this coaching staff is thinking long term so you know maybe the guy is in place there that uh that can lead the giants going forward and so i think the bears have the guy in place that can lead the bears going forward so it's about the positions of interest that you you know you just brought up an offense and defensive line lead the way i think uh, because of all this and because of the 3 and 14 season bears fans in particular just can't wait to get the process started they want to <laughs> just get there and I, i'm with you you know i just want to get there now and see what it all looks like uh, you know, uh, but there's so many months uh, to go here yet i don't i don't i uh, listen i want time you know, I, you know, never wish time away. I want all of the different narratives, the different investigative work you got to do. The you got to do your due diligence behind the scenes when you're looking at taking a player this high and what they have to do for the organization. You're not just asking a player to come in here at such a high pick. And I'm not saying the number one pick. I'm saying that the Bears have traded down and it's a little bit lower in the first round. But he's got to come in and this, uh, this. De- this time frame of a coaching staff of a GM, a new president, and what happened to the team last year, and they got to be difference makers. This is not where you can bring in a group of a, gr- a group of guys and hope that in two years they pan out. No, no. this is you got to pick them in you two months. They got to be the guy day, that you picked. Day one starters. Day one starters. Indeed, that's what we're looking for. Is the Bears uh, get ready for a memorable off season run here? Uh, they're working hard up at Hallisaw. Coming up next, we're joined by our friend Jim Miller, the former Bears quarterback. He'll jump into the conversation with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak, and this is Bears All Access. We're brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Bears All Access, and we're brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. With top there, Jeff Joniak and our old pal, Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio is moving the chains. Join the program as he does each and every week. Jim, it's a crazy weather 
world. I mean, just down the road, a piece in DeKalb last night. I mean, severe icing. We got uh, 85 degrees in North Carolina today where my daughters are going to grad school. You got I me. Mean, what 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 do you got up there? You got did you guys get pummeled up there in Michigan? Yeah, at least your daughter's away at grad school. I had to, I was cooped up with my kids the last two days. They didn't have school, Jeff. <laughs> oh. My life has been a disaster. It's Uh-oh. a mess. They've I mean, been bugging I you. Get, I can't get anything done. You uh-huh. know, but it's. Do you right. have your own on-air light in whatever room you're broadcasting from? So when it's on, they know not to come in. Yeah, they they know okay. that, but that yeah. doesn't stop them. You know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, would how bad you get uh, hammered over there? Uh, I mean, I, let me rephrase that. <laughs> snow. How much yeah. snow did you guys we get? We didn't get snow. We got the the freezing rain. Oh, okay. So that's the, worse. The roads were bad due to the freezing rain, so that's why they pretty much canceled everything. So everybody's been home. Uh, it's been a busy household, so a f- fun time, but a lot of chaos going on. It's okay, though. <laughs> you know, kind of a, a message of goodwill. Did you see the story about Jim Harbaugh? How he came across a tree in the road, and the police were trying to move it, so he got out of his car. They gave him a set of gloves. They never knew who he was. So then he worked side by side with the police, and it took him about 10, 15 minutes later. They were able to get the tree moved enough to allow traffic to move through. And then finally, after it was all done, they became aware who it was, and you know they just sent him a message of thanks and goodwill up there in the ice storm yeah there's a lot of down trees so that uh, everybody's helping each out uh, neighbor helping neighbor which is a, is a good thing to make now sure see i i was on a jim sorry to interrupt you i was unaware of this story and I'm, I'm talking to a guy that's not on social media so where are you getting your information from do you have people out there that send you stuff that are no. on social media tom well how'd you come about no. this story I, I was just reading a news a news site. I was, you know. Oh, so you are on social media? No, no, no. It's just a an app where you can read instead of having a newspaper, uh-huh. you you read it off of your right. phone. And that was just part of the stories. And I felt uh, I was really happy for Jim to pull over and you know to to go out and assist the first responders and officers and doing that. And I think it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's a mission of goodwill. Congratulations. Jimmy, I don't even know Tom anymore. I mean, my gosh, that's outstanding. I'm glad you're staying in tune and in touch uh, with the world as it spins, which leads me to this question then. So that's a celebrity moment for the guys who don't know until they realize it. Do either of you have a celebrity moment? They didn't know who you were, and then you did something similar where you helped, and then they realized who you were. Anybody? Like Tom, I'm a good Samaritan every day. I try oh, something. please. Right. <laughs> Come I, on. My, my good work goes unnoticed every single day, Jeff. <laughs> You're an NFL quarterback. Here. You're I'm an a NFL citizen. quarterback. I'm Come on. My fellow neighbor, of course. They Tom, there had to be. I know you, everybody thought you were Urlacher. No, no, you know, the only thing that's ever happened to me is recently when I used to bring Ernie to the hospital a lot when Katie was in the hospital, I had Ernie with me and he had a service vest on and there was a woman in there who thought that I was working the hospital with um, one of the, the dogs that go and meet. So she asked me, could you come into my room and meet my daughter? She has a leg issue. And, you know, I and so she thought I so I go, yeah. So I went into the hospital room and I actually left Ernie with her in her bed for like 30 minutes. I went down to Katie's room, came back and got the dog. And as I was walking out, the Young, the girl's um, husband and wife, or husband and father, were walking in, and he recognized me as I was leaving the room. And he's going, "What's that guy do? What, what's Tom doing here?" And she goes, "He works for the hospital." I knew you had to have something. That's for sure. 
Uh, Jim, uh, I don't know if you heard the first segment. I'm sure you're talking quarterbacks on your show every day too, but uh, the Justin Fields conversation, it's trending every day. Every few hours there's a new new wrinkle, but uh, I guess we should expect this until the draft, right, until the free agent carousel of quarterbacks sorts out of the trade market. I mean, uh, we knew this was going to happen, uh, but there, there's just – there, there, there's cases being made. It's almost like, uh, you know, a, a defense on one end and, and then an indictment on the other from all the experts and the analysts. Uh, how are you sifting through all this? Yeah, I think it's a bunch of bunch to do about nothing, quite frankly. You know, so they need something to write about. They need something to tweet about and whatever. So I, I don't really pay attention to it. I think the Bears are just focused on what they need to do, and the only decision makers that matter are, are going to be in that draft room uh, when they ultimately make these uh, selections. Quarterback isn't on my list, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think they've, they've got their guy. He's a hard worker, um, can do a lot of special things. Even talk to you know some Bears players like Jalen Johnson, uh, who I mentioned I talked to Nicholas Moreau yesterday. I said, all right, what's, what's it like practicing against Justin Fields? He's like, man, he's got, he's got everything it takes to, to be a great one. You know, because uh, he's a special, special, uh, talented player. Uh, I think we know they just need to build around him, and I think that's what the Bears, you know, what their intention is here this offseason. I think uh, Fields will be just fine where he's at. Do you think Justin Fields should limit his media access from now until the draft? Because when I go back and I look, I listen to a lot of the cutups from his on the Super Bowl roll. It seems like you can answer a question, then it becomes kind of a topic or, you know. A, a Could be interpreted converse. differently. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yes, Interpretation, yes. yeah. And that's yeah. what I'm saying. Would would Justin be better off if he, you know, stayed out of the, the media way until the draft? Or is, you know, is it adding to the confusion and the narrative of other people who say they should, you know, move on from Justin or look to possibly trade him? No, it's a, it's a good question. I, I don't know why he'd want to be in the media. You know, he said just had to do it you know, 17, 18 weeks in a row, and even more than that when you think about uh, training camp, and there's going to be plenty of media, whether it's going to be at the OTAs and other things uh, where he's working th- through the uh, the voluntary part of this offseason where media will have access uh, to him. And, you know, I think, again, this is a time you just kind of uh, decompress. You know, I don't know what he was doing out the Super Bowl, whether he was promoting something. Maybe that's why yeah, he that, was doing that's the media. Was. And that's normal. I mean, quarterback, yeah. you know, players do that every year. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't think he's going to go on any dark retreats or anything like that to avoid oh, everybody. But you had uh, to go there, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, he can do whatever he wants. I mean, I, I'm, everybody's taking shots for that. I mean, whatever he's got to do to make his decision for Aaron Rodgers, that, that's fine. I think, but he's the one who put it out there, and I think yeah. why people are making fun of it. You know, that's and, why. That, that's why I got to say about it. Huh. I, I don't care. I could care yeah. less. I don't even know what it all means. And that's again each individual's yeah. own journey to get their mind right to do anything in life, uh, let alone or to find that mental peace and quiet, whatever it takes. But he's the one promoting it, so he's yeah. opening the door to the jokes and the criticism and whatever else i mean it's attention grabbing i mean well think about it. i mean if it's if it's a soul searching thing you know i'm sure that a lot of people have benefited from it i was reading you know i think there was a mountain climber that spent time at a sky, sky cave retreat i forget what it's called and there was a lady in the uh, i forget what line of work she was in but she's gone there a couple times and again it's just you know I think we all know that, you know, when you go through something, you've worked hard, you know, you do got to re-energize, you kind of recharge your batteries and, and you make your decision and, and go about it. But, uh, you know, for this, cause like you said, he, he put it out there to me, it's not a hard decision. I mean, 
it was funny. I was just doing a, a show and uh, uh, a service member called in and tried to compare it to war. I'm like, dude, I, when I played football, I never feared for my life. You know, I've gone over to Afghanistan on USO tours. And Antonio Freeman, as a matter of fact, the Green Bay Packers receiver was with me. And he met, we went out to this one base that was on the outskirts uh, there in Pakistan, or Afghanistan when we went there. And he met some guys that served with his brother. And Antonio Freeman's brother died as a Marine. and But he met some guys in his unit. And they all had a, a really a, a tearful moment. But this guy was trying to compare Aaron Rodgers' decision to, like, war. And I'm like, dude, I've never feared for my life in football. It's not that deep. I mean, realistically, what's the decision? Does he want to make $60 million or not? Right, right. <laughs> that's, that's the decision. A, another report uh, that I just heard and read about was that he was supposed to stay for four days and he left after two. So yeah. did it come to you that clearly within that 48-hour period instead of the discipline of having the four days you're supposed I, to stay? I don't know, man. I, I did see a video of somebody else that went in there and to have it completely <laughs> pitch black, blank, have no concept of time, I don't know. I, I don't think I could do it. I, I Honest to God, there's right. no way I couldn't do it. So well, maybe he couldn't either. Two instead of the four or five. Um, for, for the listeners out there, Jeff's scared of the dark. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hey, you know, I'm the first to admit as a, as a, as a kid, yeah, I hated having the door closed. And I didn't like it. I didn't like it. All right, we'll, we'll talk more, Justin Fields, some, some good analysis and some things you learn about when you delve into a statistical analysis of what he's done so far. We'll talk about that and what the Bears need as they get ready to look at that roster and make sure they're making the right decisions to set themselves up for success in the most critical and important offseason that we've seen here in a long time. With top there, Jim Miller. I'm Jeff Joniak, and this is Bears All Access. It's brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. And the Bears All Access is brought to you by Athletical Physical Therapy. Visit athletical.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, and Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio's Moving the Chain. So, Jim, uh, your buddy Matt Castle working for the 33rd team. I saw this. He ranked all the quarterbacks as they stand right now with the teams they're on. And the NFC North had all four in the top 13. And number 13 was Justin Fields. So uh, the, the men who played the game have respect for what the man has done so far and what he's capable of doing. Yeah, and they rightfully so. I mean, again, he's a special athlete that can do things that other quarterbacks can't do. You know, I, I've mentioned that, you know, physically – you know, he, he kind of stacks up to, to somebody like Josh Allen because Josh Allen could do some things physically that other quarterbacks just can't do. Arm strength, you know, his ability to uh, to move, to scramble, you know, take on, uh, you know, tacklers. He, he basically runs over linebackers. I mean, how many quarterbacks c- can do that? And I think Fields is a special type of guy like that that just has special traits. Um, I think we all know he's got to develop as a passer. He's got to be have more anticipation, uh, speeding up the process of, of reading defense has got to be better, and all those things will come. I think he's he's shown great progress from year one to year two in a new offense, I should add, and I think he'll he'll do that again. He'll make another huge jump here uh, this offseason. I think he's dedicated to it. I, I think he wants to be a, a, a great player. I think he loves football. I think he's a good leader. Uh, I think he's got all, you know, all the scoutable traits and, and some that are unscoutable, the the heart and desire to play football and get better that you can scout, I think he, he has all those things in him. So I think he'll continue to grow and get better. Hey, Jim, when you're a quarterback within a new system and you start memorizing the terminology so well that it's almost like Luke could say a word or two out of his mouth and then you mm-hmm. can finish the play. 
Does that type of knowledge clear the vision for a young developing quarterback where it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean or, or, you know, have to see exactly what the defense mm-hmm. is doing because you know what you just said and how it fits into, you know, the field of play where you're at, depending hash mark down and distance and everything? Yeah, I think you, you get to the point where you're thinking the game. You know, and you talk through all those things with your your offensive coordinator. Like, say, your first third down in shorts, you may have five of those. Your five third best third mediums. Your five best third and long uh, plays where, you know, when you're out there in a series and you're moving the ball and all of a sudden that first third down situation comes up, I was already thinking, hey, I, I know we're running zero slot out, you know, Z motion, uh, you know, uh, 218 dancer, whatever the play call is, you know, and uh, I already knew it. It's like, hey, we already discussed that this was going to be our first third and short uh, play call, and I'm already thinking I'm preparing myself for that play and how it should work out, what defense we expect to be or they're going to be in in that third and short. Now when I send that Z in motion and that corner goes with them, ding, 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 yep, that's just what we practiced, third and short. This is a man-to-man defense. There they are. That's my key right there. You know, and and now it, it you can just see it unfold with how the game's uh, being called, and that that should happen to you every game. You know that you're so in tune with it uh, that you know what's going to be called. You can anticipate what the coaches is, is going to call. You can anticipate what what front and coverage you're going to get, and and you know what you're going to do to to trying to attack it. And it reaffirms everything that you practice during the week and all the things that you discussed during the week. I saw this uh, his playoff opponents in 2022. Justin Fields, when he was healthy, uh, was six games. He had a 103 quarterback rating, 13 touchdowns, one interception, and 217 yards a game in those games uh, with a high of 254. Uh, I, I'm assuming those are correct. I saw it on uh, on Twitter. But, you know, I look, only one game of 20 completions. Uh, I would like to see, obviously, that go up to, and that goes back to, uh, did you see this, guys? Uh, Jim, the average length of a pass has changed in the last, what, nine or ten years, a yard less so yeah. it's that short passing game where you get guys the ball and run and run after the catch stuff. Yeah, and wide receiver screens and bubble screens yeah. and all those things, uh, shovel passes that are now really called much more prevalently than what they used to to be called. You know, I, I just I even go back to the Gary Croton stuff. Where I remember our first game when we beat Kansas City and Shane Matthews was starting that time. And remember Gunther Cunningham called it a razzle-dazzle offense (laughs) and now it's pretty much in every offense isn't it and uh and even some of that stuff was being run back in the 70s if you go back and look at pittsburgh Steelers stuff they ran wide receiver screens back in the 70s so it has recycled now it's just more prevalent the college game and the impact and it's kind of trickling up and it's going to continue uh moving forward because they again want everybody to cover every blade of grass you know, Bill Walsh, I mean, his quote, you know, I want to throw, I want to have my quarterback throw it for five yards and watch the receiver run for 75. And mm-hmm. so it, yeah, maybe it's taken a step backward because of the different type of offensive game plans and style of offense that you're running that was different than the Bill Walsh 49er heyday. But, you know, it it's still, I think what you would like to do is get the ball into the hands of a, the best runner on the team with open space and allow him to 
convert it for whatever he can. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to continue to, you know, because, again, all, all these quarterbacks are running it in college, so it's going to continue to happen uh, in the NFL. I do think, you know, even these quarterbacks today, they just they throw uh, a lot more than, you know, like I said, I had like 17 touchdown passes my whole college career. These guys do that in like four, four games. <laughs> you know, they, I mean, that's how much they're throwing. And you look at even my kids, like my 8-year-old, uh, he'll be turning 9, so he'll start uh, football, but he's done flag football, and they have all these passing leagues. Like if you go, they have uh, all these. It's basically seven on seven skelly, so it's just all skill position players, quarterbacks and receivers and tight ends that are just out there throwing and competing. It's in every indoor golf bubble around here. I'm sure it's the same way uh, down there in Chicago. So those are just all those reps are, are throwing the ball. You know that those leagues were never. Uh, even there when I was growing up. I mean, now they're all over the place. I'll tell you what would be cool. Uh, you see some of these designs also on, you know, there's a lot of uh, coaches out there. They post tape on RPO design plays, mm-hmm. and some of them are really creative that you can envision because of the run threat, the dynamic ability of Justin, and having running back, having a backfield uh, like the Bears have had a versatile one to really pose a lot with with motion from whatever they're going to add to the mix uh, can really get really creative on the designs and still pass from it with great success. And uh, I'm excited about the design moving forward as well, uh, Tom, from uh, offensive coordinator Luke Getze when they get different kind of pieces. Oh, me too. You know, but, you know, get different kind of pieces, but even some of the pieces you already have to see how you can involve those in the game plan more consistently. So we need more out of Cole. We need more out of Clay. We need to see where Darnell Mooney's eventually going to be throughout the course of the season. You need the running back position to be a part of the passing game as, as much as the running game. So, uh, God, there's so much um, – so much growth possibilities uh, because of a guy like Justin Fields that that's why it's so exciting moving forward that, you know, when he gets time just to hash over terminology with Luke, it's going to improve him more than, you know, any other element of practices. All right, that's Tom Thayer, Jim Miller. I'm Jeff Gioniak. We'll take a break here as we continue on Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by CDW. People who get it, Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, Jim Miller from SiriusXM NFL Radio's Moving the Chains with us. Glad you joined us tonight getting through uh, the days before the Combine. Uh, so Combine coming up, leaving on Monday, Jim, as uh, that becomes the focus and the central focus and a lot of great insight we'll get from uh, scouts, agents, coaches to some degree, and, of course, the, the guys who are trying to get drafted. So it's always a fun event. It is a convention-like atmosphere. But uh, it's if you're in football, you got to be there, right? Uh, absolutely. I, I think it's a big part of the uh, the process. Not all these players, obviously, were playing in the East-West Shrine or the or the Senior Bowl. So interviews are going to be a, a big part of it. We'll have the, the opportunity to interview quite a few few guys a lot of the coaches and gms like to get all the media obligations out of the way early so probably you know tuesday wednesday 
it'll pretty pretty much wrap up for them with them, and then pretty much you'll focus on the players uh, after that. But it's it's a huge affair. Three hundred nineteen players of the top players in the country that are there. Some players who didn't get invited still will get drafted. Like it was interesting. Uh, we were talking to Carl Brooks uh, yesterday, who's a very talented defensive lineman, Bowling Green there in the MAC. I mean, this guy is a, is a big time player. He played and had a great week uh, down in Mobile, and he didn't get invited to the combine. He said, "Hey, is what it is. I didn't get invited, but uh, you know, I think I put my best foot forward, and I still think that he'll get drafted." So. Um, it's about the medical. I think we know that. They just want to see if all the players, your body's kind of your resume. And, and you know, if you're going to invest million to, uh, millions of dollars into these young draft picks, you want to make sure they got a clean bill of health. So that certainly is the most important part of it. Tom, what do you want to hear from Ryan Poles, uh, the general manager, on Tuesday? He'll meet the Chicago media and um, at Eberflus, the national media included, on Tuesday. That'll be the Bears um, uh, thing at the uh, hotel. And uh, what do you want to hear? You know, Jeff, I almost want to see, hear him send a message to the rest of the GMs in the NFL, letting everybody know that he's out there to negotiate for this first pick in the draft and put uh, not necessarily expectations, but at least open the lines of communication. Because I don't think that there's only two or three teams in play. You want to talk to as many teams possible that want to come and listen to what you have to offer and listen to what you need in order to take it. So, um, you know, he's not going to sit out there and specifically tell you an individual that he's interested in. Maybe he'll, you know, uh, uh, hash over a position or something that he's favoring at this point. But to me... Like I said, I, I would have a booth at the Combine on the ground level and say open for negotiations with every GM. Yeah, I'm, I'm certain that's uh, already started. But, you know, I talked about this in the first segment with Tom, Jim, mm-hmm. is that what happens with the veteran quarterbacks is going gonna, is gonna to impact this. Now, namely, and I know folks have written about it today, Lamar Jackson. They could place the franchise tag on him March 7th to keep things uh, still uh, from becoming a free agent. Uh, I'm not sure they're going to be able to get a deal done. He's not budging. He wants all that guaranteed money like Deshaun Watson got in Cleveland. That's a unique scenario. I don't see that continuing to happen with every single quarterback. Uh, What happens with Lamar, should he not stay in Baltimore, does that impact the Bears' ability to make a deal with that number one pick? Um, No, I don't think that's going to affect the, the Bears at all. Uh, I think there, there's you got quarterback needy teams that are going to want to trade up and they're going to want to talk to the to the Bears because Houston's picking at two, so they're going to want to go above Houston. Say if Houston, uh, who we all expect to draft a quarterback, you know if uh, you know a team below thinks that Houston's going to take that guy, they're going to want to be in front of Houston. So you're going to want to talk to the Bears. So Colts, Raiders, Carolina at nine. I would think I would think even Atlanta. Atlanta's got a lot of uh, cap. You know, got a lot of uh, space even though they drafted Ritter last year do they believe in him maybe they like one of these top guys even more uh this year so I, I don't think that can you envision the them Bears. trading for Lamar uh, Atlanta I could see that I could see it but here's the problem with it if Baltimore can't get the contract done you have to be willing to do that he yeah, wants a Deshaun Watson guaranteed between 250 million dollars guaranteed some teams may not be willing, but you know Steve Bashotti already said that he's not going there. He already said that he publicly uh, discredited what the Haslam family did for the Cleveland Browns, giving it that hundred percent guaranteed contract. They poo pooed it. A lot of owners were not happy about it, and uh, it's the outlier contract. Even Kyler Murray didn't get that much from Arizona, guaranteed, and so 
They made him an offer. He bet on himself. He got hurt again. They have an offer out there. He does not like it. He, they're about $100 million apart. So they just put the franchise tag on him. And guess what? He's going to have to bet on himself again. So I think he's staying in, in Baltimore because I, f- I find it hard to believe another team's just going to be open arms. Oh, yeah, here's $250 million guaranteed when you haven't finished the last two seasons alone for the Baltimore Ravens. You know, when you think about Arizona Cardinals, that is not the template of success that you want to follow because when they have Steve Wilkes and they draft Josh Rosen, then they fire Steve Wilkes and then they bring in Kyler Murray, they bring in Cliff's K- Cliff Kingsbury. Now he's gone, and then Kyler Murray kind of demanded himself into the contract that he was awarded. You, you don't know how that end of it's going to work out. And a lot of Lamar Jackson, when you're talking about a team making it, want to making a trade or being even interested in taking making a trade, are they going to be privy to the information of what the factors were with his knee injury last year that was such an enormous setback that he never got back on the field after he got injured, or was that just contract strategy? And a lot of the numbers that you're talking about, Lamar Jackson going forward, and people bring up all these numbers, they're from years in the past. Now, Lamar Jackson, there's a little bit more of a design on how you want to play defense against him, and if you can get physical with them, you affect the kind of play. So I, I just think that um, if he was going to go, sign, I think Baltimore is the perfect team for Lamar, but they're bringing in a new offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And how much will that be a setback if this new offensive coordinator wants to bring in his own terminology? You know what's also interesting? He is 46 and like uh, 16 as a quarterback mm-hmm. in Baltimore. 46 yep. wins. 16 losses, and it's almost like he doesn't want to be there. You know, they've now switched to offensive coordinators. To right a guy time. who likes to throw the ball. Yeah. A lot. And, you know, and supposedly <laughs> going to run more tempo and all that, but they've won 46 games. They have won with this young quarterback. Uh, so, yeah, it's just kind of all around bizarre where it's at right now and if another team – because the other, other teams are going to have the same concerns as Baltimore. He hasn't finished the last two years. The passing, pocket passing, hasn't been up to snuff. That's got to be better certainly moving forward so here's the tag and you're gonna have to have a prove it deal again so either that or sign the long-term contract offer that we offered you this is what we believe your worth is uh and then you're gonna get uh, a lot more money guaranteed than just the franchise tag number which will be 32 million dollars which is nothing to scoff at uh, but he's if i were him i would want the long-term security because he's the last two years he's been hurt and his team has finished miserably without him in there right yeah so uh- Tom, if you're going to pick a quarterback in this draft, where would you like to get one? Um, if, I'm talking if I was about picking, uh, a similar style quarterback, yes. Yeah, um, if, if I was the Bears, you know, if I'm any time after the – if I can get multiple picks in the first round through a trade and then I start seeing a guy that's similar in skill and ability – but needs time to develop on that third and fourth round, then I start searching for a quarterback to to fit the Justin template. So now when Luke Getze is in there teaching the specifics, the exacts of the style of play of a quarterback, that he's teaching it to two guys that are similar in traits. And I'm not saying anything against uh, Trevor Simeon because I think he was a really good backup quarterback this year and, you know, really supported the quarterback position. But – 
when you're in a fortunate position with some of the assets you have in a unique year, it would be nice to go out there and find that quarterback that maybe you develop for your own team or you develop uh, for an asset that's tradable down the road. All right, boys. Will there be an offensive lineman that will start in the same place on day one of the 2023 season, Jim, on the Bears? Um, yeah, I think there's there are plenty of guys that, that are out there. I mean, no, no, no. On the current, the current guys. Oh, will any of the guys who finish the season as a starter at their current position will they be there week one of 2023? I would think probably Braxton Jones and Cody Whitehair. I would Cody Whitehair. Those agree. two. I think everything else is uh, up in the air. I think they could draft a center. I think they could uh, draft obviously right tackle and guard. Um, you know, I, I think I saw that they just already re-signed uh, Iceland, right? He's, he's back uh, in the mix for, for the Bears. But I would think more of the right side. But the two guys, I'd say it would be Whitehair and, and Braxton Jones. Braxton Jones, great. Well, I, really you know, well. I would be interested – sorry, Jim. Yep. I'd be interested to see if they've developed enough familiarity with the athletic traits of Braxton Jones. If they went out there and they said, oh, my God, this left tackle is available to us and he can come in here and he's a day one plug and play – whether it's the second or third round, is Braxton, is he comfortable enough to go over and play the right tackle and fit in kind of seamlessly like he did as an inexperienced rookie on the NFL level this year? So that's why when I think of who is going to be on the starting lineup next year in their same spot, it's almost like all five of them are up for competition and probably Cody has the stronghold on the left guard position but I think they need to see um, if improvement out of him uh, this upcoming year from last year. And Braxton Jones really gives them a unique piece in, you know, the evaluation by Ryan Poles and his staff about the offensive alignment available to him. Whatever happens in free agency to start the process, you, you get your guys, you're going to spend some money, no question about it. There's a little luck involved and in, in how this all works based on needs and, and whatever. But uh, I just – Spend smartly and get the value as best as you What's can. What's the luck? What's the, what? Well, luck because you got you other teams. Every, every right now, because of the salary cap increase, everybody's got. Un, their, teams are going to get down, get to their cap. Everybody's going to have money. They're all, all right. going to have money. The Bears have a lot of money, but that doesn't mean that that's going to r- relate to getting somebody that you want. Because you still got to maintain. You got to be disciplined with the value. Don't you guys think? I mean. Say yeah. Deron Payne is not franchised, uh, and, 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 you know, are you just going to pay uh, uh, King's ransom for that, or are you going to still be careful with value, or if that's somebody they want? I, I mean, I don't know what their plan is, but uh, I, I just want to see value. And that being said, what absolute do you need in terms of position that you want to get in free agency over the draft? I'll leave it to both of you, Jim. You can start. Yeah, I, well, I think, like you said, I, I don't think you want to be a drunken sailor. I do think it's got to be targeted of what you're going to go after. You know, we talked about three techniques, you know, because that's kind of where it starts and stops defensively. You know, Javon Hargrave just came off an 11-and-a-half sack year for, for Philadelphia. Can they afford him? I mean, that's that's a penetrating defensive tackle. Even when he was with the Steelers, they played one gap 3-4 because he's such a penetrator. Um, so, to me, that'd be a, a guy who's on their radar screen. Uh, for the Bears. Again, he had 11 and a half sacks as an interior defensive tackle uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Can they afford him? Do they tag him? Or would they tag Chauncey Gardner, who had six interceptions in their secondary? 
uh, because I you don't want to get old. I think we're all, we're no. all aware of that. You want to come off. You want to be signing Mid-20s. guys. Who are, yeah, and that's and then they're going to focus on on the draft. To me, I think the Bears are going to target free agents for the offensive side of the ball. One to elevate Justin Fields in the offense, and I think they're going to draft a lot of young defensive players like they did last year and just develop those players, pass rushers, defensive tackles. Um, linebacker, you would think. Uh, we just talked about Nicholas Moreau. He's a free agent. You know, there's a, a linebacker need there uh, for the Chicago Bears, and we like the secondary. But I, I think they'll probably draft defensively. Veterans they'll sign offensively through free agency. Yeah, you know, uh, listen, you know, uh, with the experiences of last year when everybody came aboard and they'd had the Larry Ogunjobi uh, mishap uh, and how that was handled, they sign him, then he didn't pass the physical. So you went on and got Justin Jones, and then Justin Jones at the end of the year, you started experimenting a little bit with him on the outside. So where is his position determined going forward? Because when you look at Travis Gibson and you look at Dominique Robinson, I don't know what Taco Charlton is going to be doing, if he's even in the conversation. You, you also have to get better at that position. And I don't know if you can rely on the fact that the more playing time that Dominique Robinson gets, that it's a guarantee that he's going to turn these traits into a player. And that, you know, that's yet to be seen. <clears throat> and if you're going to have Travis Gibson as one of your starting defensive ends, then you need sack performance out of that position. And not a couple in a couple games. You need a double digit throughout 17 games and you go back one year from right be right year from now we are talking about the season that Robert Quinn was coming off of and then he came in and really didn't accomplish anything for the Bears after that and then was traded to Philly so I do think that the defensive line the exterior of the defensive line needs as much attention as we continuously pay to the three technique defensive tackle that's tom thayer jim miller jeff joniak one more segment to go here on bears all access it's brought to you by igs energy on chicago sports radio 670 the score Calling all Bears fans, get the ultimate VIP fan package with Chicago Bears VIP. Get secure a game ticket and appearance from Bears legends and more by visiting ChicagoBearsVIP.com. Final segment with Tom and Jim. Jeff Joniak here as we get set for the combine of the start of the real interesting, the lying season, Jim, the lying season. We're going to be ear hustling left and right in Indianapolis. Are you going to finally take me out to dinner, though? Sure, Jeff. I mean, all you got to do is ask. <laughs> Right? I, I, no, I'll tell you the truth, Tom. Jim always asks. Now, we've, we've, we've had, I think we've had a, a couple every now and then, uh, gotten, every now and again, but usually I say no. Yeah. You know, hey, I got to do this, I got to do that. So, you know, I can understand if you just peel back now and you say, hey, I've asked too well, many times. We, we, hey, went out to, we went out to dinner in Mobile. It we was did. Like the, it was like the last supper, Tom. I mean, it was incredible because <laughs> I think it probably will be the last time Jeff and, no, and I have well, dinner together. No way. Uh, what I've noticed about Jeff, is throughout the day he listens to all of his offers, and then at the yeah, end of the day yeah. he'll recall his best <laughs> offer and then go with that person, that restaurant, that whatever you know. Whatever I, he's trying I, to I get. have been I have been accused of such at the combine in particular. I, you know, I'm sorry, I got a lot of friends, Tom. I got a lot of friends in high places. No, I don't, but. It's a great time, and uh, I'm sure, Jim, we will run into each other a time or two. All right, let's talk about uh, some other things going on league-wide. Jim, are you surprised at some of the assistant coaching hires around the league? Uh, Did anything catch you by surprise? Even today, 
There was the addition of a quarterback coach, and if I can find it right, Davis. Davis uh, Webb. Yeah, Davis Broncos. Webb, who, who's and now he's going to be Russell Wilson's quarterback coach. How does that work? Yeah, yeah, he's only 28 years old, and You're Russell right. obviously 34, and uh, Davis has played minimally, if if at all, right. and uh, Russell, you know, I think we know Sean Payton's going to have a heavy hand. Uh, in that and in, in how the offense is run so I, I think really Sean will probably be in those meetings and bringing along uh, Davis Webb as a as a young coach because like you said he I don't even think he's officially tired, retired from the Giants you know he was with the Giants last year as a yep, as a backup. backup and so uh, you know I, I think Sean and that happened when I was in New England uh, basically, I've, I've mentioned this. Bill Belichick, he he ran every quarterback meeting, and Josh McDaniels was in there, you know, and it was just kind of like, hey, learn and to do what I do, listen to what I say. Here's how I want these quarterbacks taught, and and Josh was learning at that point. Josh wasn't a play caller; he was just the uh, listed as the the quarterbacks coach, and he was breaking into it. And and Bill Belichick was breaking him in uh, how to coach quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, I think that'll be a kind of a, a similar situation. But I, here's what I do think what's interesting. Like, look at Frank Reich. He's leaning on a lot of veteran coaches, right? Jim Caldwell's uh, down there. The guys who he's hired, that's a very veteran staff. I do think Sean Payton, he's mixed in some young guys like uh, – uh, like Davis Webb, but look at the Will Hoyt. He signed a linebackers coach who's outside backers. He signed Greg Minuski, who's been a defensive coordinator. He's going to be with Vance Joseph, who's now there. So that's a veteran staff. And then you look at guys like Jonathan Gannon, uh, who's just hired out there for the Arizona Cardinals. Go look at his staff, man. That is a green staff. There's mm-hmm. coaches that have never even coached in the NFL uh, before that, that they're signing out there. So it's going to be interesting. You know, there's been a lot of movement for coaches more than what has happened recently in previous years. In, you know, either this era or the era that's gone by, Jim McMahon always tells a funny story that Andy Reid played offensive tackle for Jim McMahon when they were at BYU. When Jim McMahon went to Green Bay, Andy Reid was his quarterback's coach. And when he was sitting in there with the rest of the quarterbacks, Jim was sitting up there reading a newspaper, and Andy <laughs> Reid told him to put the newspaper down. It's time to get started. And Jim said, Andy, I want to tell you one thing. You will never teach me anything about playing quarterback. So you think of just the role of what these guys develop and do and all of the time and energy that Andy Reid has put into it from where he came from and the Lavelle Edwards to where he's at now. You know, the the ladder that you're going to take to get to that point, it's it's going to be filled by some characters and some events that you're going to have to show that you have the guts to work through them to prove that you're a guy that can coach these guys that are coming onto your team. Jim, because you're QB, i got to ask you, of all the quarterbacks of the Combine that are invited, who do you most want to see? Uh, I'll tell you who I – mine's Anthony Richardson. I just want to see what it's all about. Yeah. I know he hasn't played much, but the athletic gifts are something. So I, w- I would like to see what he does just for reference. You know, how about you? Yeah, the, the guy – and it's unfortunate he won't be able to work out there is Hendon Hooker. I think yeah. he can spin it. He can spin the ball. C.J. Sprout, uh, I like him a lot too as well. I know a lot of people are high on Will Levis. I'm, he's growing on me. To me, he's a little robotic. When you look at Will Levis from from Kentucky, but got to do more work on him. But Richardson is an interesting name, and and Hendon Hooker. I, I had the ability to talk to him out there at the at the Super Bowl. As soon as you shake his hand, man, he's got big mitts. 
you know, so spinning a football is not a problem right. for him. He can put a ton of revolutions uh, on the ball. And kind of after those guys, it's, you know, there's, there's you know, you brought up a, a guy hey, I like I asked Malik you for Cunningham. one. We got to go, bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, Malik Cunningham, he no. can run. I'm, I'm interested in what he's going to run 40 times. Hey, I'd lo- sure. I would love to hear more about this, but we're going to do it over a beer in Indy. You got it? Sounds good, my friend. Thank you, buddy. Jim Miller, top there. Thanks, as always, to our producers, Dan Brill and Adam Stadzinski. The score programming continues here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. Good night, everybody.